You know, Barn Graham, I was just thinking over the break. You know, Homer had the, the, the donuts wrong, but he had one thing right. I mean, pork rinds, those are a great snack. I mean, why didn't anybody listen to that man? It's like basically almost a complete protein. It's natural. Like pork rinds are a pretty good snack. Drop that donut and don't be afraid. The cheat meal or cheat day is not actually the worst thing in the world. If you stay precise 90% of the time, the cheat meal can allow you the mental freedom to succeed and sustain. This week at the Maximal Being Podcast, we talk about the cheat day or cheat meal, the science behind hunger hormones, the psychology and the data behind the cheat meal or cheat day, and how to cheat most healthfully. Also, you may notice that your gut rejects cheating when you eat clean the rest of the time. Do us a favor, Maximal Beings, and leave us a comment or review. Hit the subscribe button. Let your friends and family know so that we can get the word out. You cannot supplement your way to health, but there are things that we need to add to our lives that can maximize our pathway to wellness. The American diet is virtually devoid of omega-3 fatty acids, which play a major role in cardiovascular disease, gut permeability, and mental health. Personally, I take omega-3s every night and iHerb is the best place for clean, natural sources of supplements. I love the ZenWise Omega-3 Fatty Acid Supplement, which is free of fish burps and good for the environment. Head on over to MaximalBeing.com slash iHerb, that's I-H-E-R-B, and enter the code B as in boy, D as in dog, B as in boy, 5528, and receive 10% off your orders for all supplements. Maximize your supplements with iHerb. Welcome to Maximal Being, a GI doc and ICU nurse that break down the science so you can exceed your gut health, nutrition, and fitness goals. So, let's smash the bro science and optimizing your health with your hosts, Doc Mock and R.N. Graham. What's going on, Maximal Beings? Doc Mock here with R.N. Graham. And today, we're talking about that time where you get to pick up the bonbons, that slice of pizza, take a break from the nutrition, and feed your face. We're talking about the cheat day. Um, also, at the end of the show, we're going to talk a little bit about sugar from some listener mail. And if you have not done so already, do us a favor, leave comments, hit the subscribe button, because we want to get the message out for Maximal Being to all the rest of the people and all of your friends and family. Let them know about the podcast. As usual, I'm Doc Mock. I am an advanced GI doctor practicing in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, that's a GI doctor that uh, manages cancer. I also do nutrition and gut health counseling for patients. Um, I uh, definitely love uh, doing the podcast and getting the word out. You know, gut health is uh, absolutely a passion of mine, you know, not only at work, but uh, talking to people about it and um counseling and getting all of you through your chronic GI issues. So in Miami, I have RN Graham, who is uh, out of the ICU and, and uh, I don't know, is he doing a cheat day? Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> Everything's a cheat day if you're doing it right. <laughs> so, uh, hello, Maximal Beings. Uh, it's RN Graham here. Uh, enjoying another session with my good friend here, Doc Mock. Um, I am a registered nurse down here in South Florida. 
I work uh, mainly in the ICU, both COVID and the regular ICU. I am an ex-physique uh, competitor. Um, and, you know, a uh, little bit of a, a guy who tends to work out from time to time and might know a thing or two about fitness and nutrition. So back to Doc Mock, um, and he'll once again introduce the topic, and we'll go from there. Yeah, so uh, as we mentioned in the intro there, we're talking about the cheat day. Um, you may not want to call whoa, it the whoa, cheat whoa, day. Whoa, 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 I'm sorry, you say cheat day? Mm-hmm, that's uh, right. Um, I don't know if I believe in a cheat day, my friend. Oh, well, let's unpack that, RN Graham. Yeah, we're definitely going to have to unpack that one. All right, so uh, let, let me lead off by saying this. Um, here at Maximal Being, as we'd say time and time again, it's about sustainability. So is there something called a cheat day? If you're doing it right, you don't need a cheat day. That's the first thing I'm going to say. Um, anything that is done properly, you know, you plan it out, you set out a goal for yourself, you don't have to cheat. You don't have to cheat in every, anything in life if you're doing it properly. So that term cheat day or cheat meal, I personally am not a huge fan of it because it depends on what you're doing and how you're laying everything out. Now, since we are trying to, you know, educate people and get people on that level. Yes, you can definitely cheat if you're doing it the right way. What do you think, Doc Mock? Yeah, um, you know, in terms of my own personal journey, uh, when I was starting out going from, you know, the traditional American diet that's filled with processed foods, sugar, carbohydrates, simple carbs, Transitioning from that to more of a, you know, nutritionally dense, calorically, you know, liberal strategy um, that's sustainable was difficult. And when I started out, I did give myself, you know, one day a week where I could still go out to dinner, you know, still have, have those tacos and have a margarita. But I noticed a weird thing, you know, RN Graham, as I was going through this journey, the more I did it, the less I wanted to do the cheat meal. It was interesting. My body just said like, oh God, stop doing that to me. And it's incentive not to do that. And, and I think we're going to talk a little bit about why that is and, and why we talk to our, our clients about that. But I think it's a good way to kind of bridge the gap. But your body may eventually, once you get on a good, sustainable, nutritious solution, reject the concept and tell you what to do. So when I was doing my research about, you know, are cheat meals good? Well, should I do a cheat meal? What exactly is a cheat meal? I came up with, with articles that said stuff like, oh, with a cheat meal, you're only cheating yourself. And then <laughs> I found articles that were like, gain big with bad foods. <laughs> I'm just like, wait a minute. That how is this, you know, I'm getting mixed messages here. You know, am I really cheating myself if on the occasion I eat something that I want to eat? You know, if I eat burgers, fries, you know, loaded with mayo and barbecue sauce every day, am I really going to gain big? I think I will gain big, but I'm gaining big in the wrong places. <laughs> 
So, you know, I, what I what I really want to tackle in this podcast with you is what is technically a cheat meal? Um, and what is the difference between a cheat meal and a cheat day? Um, so to me, a cheat meal is that one meal I get once a week where I can splurge a little bit, kind of reward myself. Now, there are scientifically proven reasons why this meal is actually very beneficial for you. It's, in fact, it's sometimes needed, especially like you said, when you're trans- when you're doing that transition into, you know, a nutritional plan or a nutritional lifestyle. Yeah, it, it's doing anything cold turkey is very, very difficult. You do have to have that transition. Um, and so I believe that, you know, that one meal, it's fine. It, it's absolutely fine. It's it's rewarding. Um, even if you do it as a day and treat yourself with little small things throughout the day, it is appropriate. Now, when I say cheat meal, am I talking, you know, burger, fries, Coke, another burger, another fry? <laughs> no, that, that, that's not what I mean by a cheat meal. Now, maybe your definition of a cheat meal is a little different than mine, but how do you feel? Yeah, I I think that it is a relative solution. I think that everybody's cheat meal is going to be different and it's going to be dependent upon where you are in your wellness journey and also what you like to eat. You know, it might be a donut for some people. The thought to me of eating a donut I want to vomit when I think about that. I don't even know what donuts are hey, made listen, of. Listen, listen, listen. As a Homer Simpson fan, I need you to cool it, man. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, the, sometimes I have, you know, some wings, but that's a high protein snack. I just take the skin off, you know. Um, sometimes I do have that burger and fries, but I make sure it's grass fed beef. I make sure that that bun is made from some local bakery and that, you know, that the fries aren't aren't something that could last on a shelf for a year, like some you know fancy chains out there um, are able to do. Mm-hmm. So I think that not all meals that people select or even types of food are created equal in the cheat meal or the cheat day. I, I 100% definitely agree with you on that. And I want to talk about reasons why we kind of need that cheat meal. So the number one reason to me is you got to reward yourself. You know, you bust your tail. In in fact, look at it this way. Do you enjoy your job? Heck yeah, I do. Would you enjoy it if you weren't getting paid? Sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) But the bottom line is, you know, I don't care how much we all love our jobs, you know, the reward of getting that paycheck at the end of every two week, at the end of every week, whatever, whenever you get paid, that gives you more incentive to say, you know what? It's worth it. Even when you have that bad day, it's worth it. So I kind of equate the cheat meal to that, you know, that reward system that, okay, well, look, listen, I've bust my tail for, you know, five, the last five days. It's Friday. I'm going to go out and I'm going to have something a, a, a little bit more fun to eat than whatever else I'm eating, which I'm going to debunk that in a little bit because you can have fun and have wonderful meals 
without having a cheat meal. So there was actually a research study done, the Academic Journal of Nutrition and Diabetes. And what they found is that they did a comprehensive study. And this comprehensive study, it took 12 studies. And what they did was they basically based it on a um, incentive program, whether it be incentive by money, incentive by whatever. Um, for people to have, you know, different dietary behaviors. And what they found in 11 of those studies, people did much better when there was an incentive at the end of the period. Now, to me, the cheat meal is one of those incentives. What I'm trying to say with all this is you bust your tail it's okay to go out and have a little reward. Now, to lose weight, theoretically, you're supposed to be burning about five, you're supposed to be in a deficit of about 500 calories a, uh, a day or $3,500 a week, 3,500 calories a week. Um, and with that, you'll lose about you know two pounds, which is healthy weight loss. So if you're going out and you're having you know a cheat meal, that is 500 calories, you're doing okay. But once again, if you're having that cheat meal and that cheat meal consists of, you know, the burger, fries, and drinks, the average combo is about 1,200 calories. So you got to think over the last, you know, over the last week, over the last five days, you bust your tail in and outside the gym by going to the gym, you know, doing your workouts, by being at home doing neat. If you don't know what neat is, check out the podcast on neat. So you do this for the last five days. And then with one meal, you're destroying half of everything you've just done. So that's how I look at the cheat meal. And, you know, the bottom line is have a burger, have a grass fed burger. Look at it in the sense that Okay, is it bad for me? In the, in the grand scheme of things, no, because I've chosen a healthy burger, which is grass-fed, free of hormones. I've chosen a nutritious type of bun. I've omitted the ketchup or the mayo or the barbecue sauce or whatever it may be. I went with a healthy cheese. Like you said, protein-rich foods. Yeah. And there are certain condiments that are like free, right? Like flavor is free. You put a spice on anything like your body does not react metabolically to that spice at all. Um, mustard. I mean, that's like zero calories, right? It's, it's nutritionally free. So instead of loading it up with sweet, sweet ketchup loaded with sugar, put the mustard on there, put some pickles. Pickles are a great source of probiotics, right? That's basically, you know, so you definitely can do up the cheat meal and make it not a cheat meal. And actually, when when Katie and I were talking about this was this weekend, like, what's your cheat meal? I was like, oh, like burger and fries. And it's like, well, but this is on the burger and this is on the burger and this is on the burger. It's actually not that bad. I'm like, oh, well, maybe I don't have a cheat meal. I don't know. But it, but it's all relative and it depends on on the week. Arn Graham, what do you do? You know, you've had like a long week working, then you train, you know, four or five days a week and you're just like Saturday hits and you are starving. You just like, you've eaten breakfast, you've eaten lunch, you've had a protein shake 
and you still want food, do you starve yourself or do you give in to what your body tells you and eat? Oh, I eat. I, I, I definitely eat. There, listen, don't starve yourself. Don't, don't ever starve yourself. But there's always options out there. And this is actually the perfect, this is the perfect time to have a nutritional snack. You know, um, a lot of people go to low-fat yogurts. Horrible choice. Oh. Horrible choice. What is it? What is it made of? I don't even know. <laughs> Talk about sugar later. I'm going to touch base on low fat yogurts. But, you know, no, I. So you have touched base on the hormones of hunger um, in the past. And the problem with the fact of starving yourself or staying on this strict plan that, you know, oh, I have to stay on this route, you know, I, I can't treat myself, is you get cravings. And once you get cravings, normally what people do when they have those cravings is they eat whatever they want. And I mean, they eat it. So instead of setting yourself up for these cravings, if you're hungry, there's, just eat. Find something healthy and eat it. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but do you have a different belief? No, I completely agree. I think that if you have a well-tuned nutritional diet, your body is also going to be well-tuned and your microbiome and your body are going to work together and they're going to tell you what you need. You know, sometimes it's going to say, I need something nutritious. Um, a lot of the time my body is going to say like, oh, I need, you know, carbs right now, right? If I've just trained, I got to replete my muscle glycogen. And so I'm going to eat carbs, but instead of having you know, potato chips, I'm going to elect to go with maybe a sweet potato, or I'm going to go with, you know, an apple or something a little bit better for you, some oatmeal. Um, so I think listen to your body and definitely don't starve yourself, right? It's, you know, we always think of and, and trainers teach this all the time in the gym that it's like calories in minus calories out equals deficit done end of math equation. But really, you know, we wrote an article on this at maximalbeing.com. It's more than that. There's quantitative data within that. So it's more of a logarithmic calculus sort of equation, not arithmetic, right? Um, I definitely, you know, one of my go-to snacks is uh, 2% fat Greek yogurt. That is like a superfood. I mean, 20 to 25 grams of protein, it comes from nature, very limited amount of sugar. And the sugar that you're getting is essentially the lactose because lactose is a sugar. It's a milk sugar. Um, you're not getting added sugar. And you may say, well, but I like, I like my yogurt to taste so like something else. So I want to buy the yogurt that's already got the honey in it or the, the, you know, the fruits or anything like that. But when you do that, the people in order to preserve those things that they've added into the snack have added a lot of sugar so that that fruit will stay fresh and not harm you. So what do I do? How do I hack around that? Well, if I want something else on it, I add a little bit of honey on top, right? I control the amount. I know how much sugar's in that. And I know that it's like good honey. It's not garbage honey and honey PS is a prebiotic. So the bacteria in the yogurt, the probiotic and the prebiotic together are going to make your gut happy, nutritious, taste great solution. What's your go-to snack, Aaron Graham? 
My go-to snack, honestly, almonds. I, I love myself some almonds, man. I mean, a handful of almonds. That is, and you get the flavored ones. You know, it's almonds flavored. It's easy to carry. You know, honestly, I carry a little pouch with me at work, put it in my pocket every now and then after I clean up my hands, I dip in, boom. It's yep. a quick and easy snack for me, you know. Um, but it goes back to what you're saying about, you know, having the cheat meal. I used to be like, oh, I need this. I need that. Oh, oh I, I have to go get myself, you know. I, there's this burger place around here. I mean, it is delicious. But that one burger is easily 1,200 calories, just the burger. <laughs> but then the next day, I'm just like, oh, my God, I shouldn't have ate that burger. Uh-huh. I mean, it's I, I feel the, the oils coming from my skin. I feel like I'm retaining water. And, you know, to me, it's not worth it. But once you start clean, eating clean and healthy, your cheat meals change um, to the point where they're not really even cheat meals anymore. They're healthy alternatives. So, but that's just going back to what you said. Now, um, I touched base earlier on the fact that a cheat meal does regulate the appetite hormones and you're an expert on the appetite hormones. So you can, you just touch base on them real quick. Yeah. By appetite hormones, R and Graham means two big players in the game, ghrelin. That's the one that says, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, right? Think like, get it, ghrelin. Leptin is kind of like the opposite or the yang for that yin. And leptin is the thing that says, I'm full, I'm full, I'm full. When you do intermittent fasting, those levels will slowly teeter down and titrate down to kind of a lower baseline than where most people live. And also traveling along with that is insulin. And we all know that insulin's main job in the body is to bring our blood sugars down. When we abuse insulin for years due to high big boluses of glucose, right? Sugary foods, carbs, your insulin will send signals, send signals, and your body's going to say, whoa, whoa, it's way too much. The elevator's full. You can't fit anybody else in here. There's no more glucose, no more room for glucose. Stop. So then it stops listening to insulin. But you know what? That glucose is still coming in the elevator. And what happens? The elevator gets stuffed. Nobody can go anywhere. So insulin becomes resistant. You become resistant to the signals of insulin. And that's how you get obesity, diabetes, metabolic syndrome. I came across a study, Aaron Graham, in my, my search that talked about what the effects of the cheat meal on leptin are. Are you about to get to that? Yes, I actually was. Why don't you tell me about what uh, you <laughs> So they did a study where they looked at uh, people that did kind of like a, a cheat day or cheat meal where they were, they were allowed kind of a liberal uh, caloric diet. Um, and what they found is that leptin levels remained 30% elevated from baseline. Again, that's your full hormone up to several days after that cheat meal. So not only does it have psychological benefit, it has physiologic benefit on your psychological benefit. That's I came. That, yeah, that, that's the exact same article I wanted to touch base on. So I wanted you to talk about the, uh, the appetite hormones. Go ahead, please continue. Ladies and gentlemen, great minds think alike. Um, I came across another study too. I don't know if you, you found this. It was in the Journal of Consumer Psychology. 
And what they did is they randomized patients to a caloric restricted diet, 1500 calories a day, or a caloric restricted diet, 1300 calories a day. Plus at the end of the week, they get 2,700 calorie day. So that's like cheat meal day. Mm -hmm. There's no verbiage in it as to like what they're allowed to have, not allowed to have. And what they found, uh, and, and, and I will say with this caveat, low number of patients, right around 36 participants mm -hmm. and very short follow-up. We're talking two to three months. But what they found at that very short follow-up low participant level is that the people that were even at a lower caloric deficit, 1300 calories, who got the cheat meal were able to sustain and state that they could sustain the diet for a longer period of time than the 1500 calorie group. So that's just an interesting, like alluding to the fact that, you know, maybe the cheat meal has some ability for people to have sustainability in terms of their lifestyle. Now we at Maximal Being don't advocate for such a strict caloric restrictive diet for all people. You as a human being, based on your height, weight, sex, age, activity level, you need calories for all of those components. And we have great success with, with the math that we do based on that. Now, now it's, it's interesting that you said that because another thing that I found was the fact that you have to know your dietary restrictions, you have to know your caloric restrictions as well. Um, and you touch base on that. Like the thing I love about what we do is um, we provide specialized plan for, you know, the individual. It's not this one size fit all type of plan. Um, and because of that, we can tell you, okay, this is what you should be taking in because your body needs this to function. This is what you should be taking in because of your activity level. You know, whether you work out one day a week, three days a week, five days a week, every day a week, you know, we can, we can factor that in. And because of that, you know, you have more of a sense of what your quote unquote cheat meals can be because you say, okay, once again, I've worked this hard. I've burned this many calories, you know, give or take. I know that if I go have this meal, you know, I'm not wasting everything that I just did. So that's one thing I, I definitely love about the way that, you know, the nutritional plans are set up. Um, now, when it comes to having that cheat meal, what do you think is the worst time to have it? You mean time of day or? Mm -mm, time period. Like the, the worst time to, to have a cheat meal ever. Hmm. Um. I mean, I guess if you're, you're training for some sort of rigorous athletic performance. You're thinking, see, this, and this is why you can't mess with smart people because they think too deeply. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 not that. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> it's when you're starving. Mm. When you're starving, that's the worst time to try to go out and have a cheap meal. You know, um, and that's part of the reason why we tell you not to starve yourself, period. Because if you're starving and you say, you know what, I'm going out for that cheat meal, that little scoop of ice cream turns into a, you know, entire Sunday, you know, or the gallon. But, you know, it's all about timing when it comes to cheat meals as well. Um, like you said, if you just had a vigorous workout and your body needs to be replenish, you know what, go have a high calorie, you know, have a high caloric dense type of meal. You know, you're, you need to refuel or 
if you are, if you know that you have a vigorous workout in the morning, overnight before you go to bed, you know, it's okay to have that cheat meal. If you're doing leg day, leg day, you burn a lot of calories. You, I mean, you want to, you want to get in the gym and burn some calories, do some squats, do some deadlifts, just move your legs. You will burn through calories like it's nobody's business. And a good way to have success on leg day is to make sure that you really fuel your body the night before with nutritious foods. Yeah, you're, you're going to find that if you're training rigorously, that you're probably eating way more food than you even think that you're going to need to eat. So, and, and the investment, as we talked with our friend Jackie on our intermittent fasting podcast, the investment is the day before you work out. You're going to feel the effects of the nutrition and the drink that you put in your body the day before. That's why if you drink alcohol, try to work out in the morning, you're dogging it at the gym. Not going to do it. Yeah. And don't skip leg day, please. Don't skip. <laughs> so, you know, you also touched base a little bit earlier about where you are in your nutritional journey and your fitness journey uh, when it comes to cheat meals. What do you mean by that? So um, I am, I'm approaching 38, probably around the time this podcast airs. I'll, I'll, I'll be right there. Wait, your, um, your birthday's coming up? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> um, I am in, I feel the healthiest, the most well I have ever been in my entire life. And it's because of what I put in my body. And it's because of, of how I take care of my body. I eat a lot of food. I mean, yeah. But, you know, people at work, they're like, Schaefer, why are you eating this big bowl of vegetables? Because it's good for me and it tastes delicious, you know, but I also have eggs and chicken and a protein bar and I'll have almonds and I'll have, you know, apple and all these other things. I'm just eating basically constantly during my, my feeding time during the day. And, you know, with COVID, it's been really easy to not do that cheat meal where I'm going out to dinner because my body just honestly, at this point is just kind of like, I'd rather just eat the, the stew that I made at home. It's way better. You know, I don't really crave that, that junk anymore. And the thought of having a donut or something like that, sorry, Homer, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah, but the thought of putting a donut in my body, oh my God. You know, I was talking to a client that um, is doing amazing. First time he is fit into size 32 pants in years, right? And he's only done our plan for three months, right? Um. And he, in the beginning, you know, he, I was like, you know, every, every week it's okay. Just take a cheat meal, you know, have some pizza, whatever you want, whatever will get you back to that 90% on switch. Mm -hmm. So after doing our plan for about a month, he has his cheat meal and he texts me the next day. He's like, Schaefer. It's like, what, what's going on, man? Like, this is crazy. I feel like garbage. And I was like, you used to feel that way every single day. Never recognized it. And now you know how it feels. And I think having 
that feeling of being poisoned just teaches you so much. And there's no, no book, no words that can get that in somebody's mind until they feel that after have feeling the other way. And that's, I mean, that's, that's the way I feel. I just feel great. You know, I just feel healthy. Where, where are you in, in the process, Aaron Graham? I mean, listen, you're 38. You're still a baby. Uh, <laughs> I've hit the big four. Oh, and it's the same way for me. I honestly feel, I mean, except for joint pains here and there, but that's just because I was, you know, very, very active um, for a very, very long time. So, you know, I do get joint pain here and there, but health wise, I, I feel fantastic. I feel absolutely fantastic. I mean, my labs are great. Um, the way I look, I'm very content with the way I look. Um, and like you said, it's because I've gotten to a point in my life where I have been able to been I, I've, I've been able to sustain the type of lifestyle that I wanted. Um, I, I'm not as strict as you are, but at the same time, I'm not binging on you know sweets. Um, I will have the occasional drink, but it's not like, you know, I'm not downing a beer every single night. In fact, I had a beer, uh, and excuse me for the way I say beer, I'm Jamaican. So beer, (laughs) beer, here, here, it's, (laughs) but I had a hopped alcoholic beverage, um, the other day and I had one and I was just like, holy crap. I forgot what it's like to drink this and how much it sucks the next day. Yeah. And I mean, it was one. Yeah. We're, I think we're going to talk about that next time. You know, we're, we're not prudes here. Okay. Like, you know, I'll have a glass of wine very rarely, but I'll do that sometimes. I'm not hating on people that want to drink on occasion. There's some health benefits to drinking, Definitely. but, but I just know for me, like it's just the way it makes you feel when you don't drink again, you don't realize how good you can feel when you, don't drink until you mm-hmm. do it. And I think it's just worth the self-experimentation to try it. If it's not for you, it's not for you. Exactly. That's okay. You can do the rest. It's a journey. It, it definitely is. And it's a journey that is worth taking. And like you said, you get to the point on this journey where those foods that you used to crave and, oh, I need this, I need this. And that that's one thing, you know, with our plan is it's, okay, what is something that you enjoy that you feel you need? And we'll tell you, okay, on occasions, go out and have it. But then if you stick to the plan, you'll notice that you don't need it. You, you really don't. And your, body will, and your body will react and it will tell you, like you said, oh, I feel like crap. And you'll notice that I used to always feel this way, but now I know what it feels like to feel good. Now, as you said, we're not prudes. We aren't. And we do want you to go out there and you know what? Eat the slice of pizza, have the burger. There are certain meals out that you can go out there um, and first of all, have the option, make it at home. Cause you know what you're getting, you know what you're putting into it. And you enjoy food so much better. I mean, at least I do. When I cook it at home and I know where, what's going into it, I feel better when it's going into my body. But one of the one of the options I love um, for a cheat meal is pizza. But pizza can be prepared many different ways. My advice, if you choose to do pizza, first of all, pizza is not the entire pie. 
it's a few slices. Mm-hmm. Share it with a friend, share it with a family member, you know, get a whole pie, you share the pie. But do a veggie pizza. You know, if you're going to do um, crust, try to do a thin crust or some type of whole grain. Um, if you're going to do cheese, try to find a low fat cheese option. And not all cheeses are created equal. Um, you touched base on the burger earlier. If you're making a burger at home, how do you make it? Pretty simply. I mean, spices, maybe an egg sometimes, salt, pepper, make a patty, throw it on the grill. That's it. I'm not deep frying it, right? No. Why not? Uh, you, can, you can make it on, in a pan too. That That's good. Uh, you can put it in the oven, I guess, if you wanted to, but it probably tastes a little dry. But <laughs> but grilling and baking and and cooking in a pan without, you know, filled with oil, those are great ways to cook food, you know, and that's healthier than your fast food burger that's been deep fried. Do you like Mexican? Love Mexican food. Is Mexican food healthy? Uh, real Mexican food is healthy. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You know, Mexican food, it, 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 like you said, real Mexican food is very healthy. And you want a good cheap meal? How about some salsa chips and some guac? Good fats, good carbs. Yeah. Vitamin C in your, you know, if you have salsa. Mm-hmm. What about fish tacos? Yeah. Omega-3s. It depends on how you prepare the, the fish, you know. Once but. again, it, it depends on what type of fish you're using and it depends on how you are preparing it. Yeah. We're not saying go out and deep fry this fish. That's not yeah. what we're saying. But if you toss on the grill, you know, or if you oven bake it, it's delicious. Toss some sauce on it. Instead of using a, um, a corn tortilla, maybe you can just use like um, lettuce. You know, little things like that. Little, there's little things you can do to, to boost it up. But cook at home. If you want to do spaghetti, do lean, do a lean ground meatball um, and do veggie spaghetti. You know, I, I love sweet potato fries. Make them at home. You know what I eat them with? Instead of, you know, dipping them in ketchup, which is loaded with sugar, a lot of things we'll touch on here in a little bit, I use Greek yogurt. It's delicious. And you can make your own aioli. Just put, you know, chili powder, a little bit of cayenne in that Greek yogurt. Boom. You have something that tastes delicious. It's spicy and you're getting protein. Yeah. Yep. Last thing I want to touch on is a cheap meal doesn't have to be a full meal. It could be a snack, as we said earlier. You know, you have the options. There there are low-fat um, ice creams that are absolutely delicious, um, and they're not loaded with the calories um, and not low with the fat. Um, one of your favorites, dark chocolate. We We've talked numerous times about the benefits of dark chocolate. So even those little things, as you go down your journey, you'll notice that those fill that same craving that that burger and fries used to fill. Yeah. And, and just to nerd out for a moment before we go to a break, you know, the reason why people feel that like feeling of being poisoned, right, is when you eat a food that's foreign to your body, right? Our ancestors didn't eat it and your gut has little holes in it, Right. And has these gatekeepers that are trying to keep things through those holes, but also get nutrients through it. And a Cheeto gets through there and that Cheeto gets into your bloodstream. Your body is like, what is this thing? I am going to attack it and I'm going to make you feel the pain of putting that in me right now. 
And that, that's called leaky gut, essentially, is what happens when you abuse your GI tract with, with terrible food. You get holes in those gatekeepers and more stuff will leak through. You have an inflammatory response. It's a legitimate medical reason behind that. Do you want to go to a commercial break, Aaron Graham? You want to, or you want to just kind of summarize briefly the uh, topic? I'll summarize, do a quick summarization. Um, basically, what we're telling you here is it's okay to have a cheat meal. In fact, if you're doing it properly, you can have an entire cheat day. Um, and you, on the on the on the journey through nutrition and fitness, you'll notice that if you're doing it right, your body doesn't want that cheat meal. Your cheat meals can be ex- ex- extremely healthy. They can be something as small as a piece of dark chocolate. As we continue down our journey, you may not even need that because you will find a sustainable way of doing things. That, no, that not only puts you in the, the mood that you want, but also the health that you want. All right, uh, we'll be right back after this brief commercial break. If you're stuck at home and cannot make it to the grocery store, delivery may be the best way to stay clean and healthy. Instacart is the national leader in the direct to home delivery service. With numerous major chains and food from smaller stores, you can get those local veggies sent directly to your doorstep. Head on over to MaximalBeing.com slash Instacart and maximize your nutrition today. What's going on, Maximal Beings? It's Doc Mock here. Many of you are returning to the gym now, but some are not going back. Regardless of what you plan, Rogue has got the right gear to fit your needs. I personally own a barbell set and love it. The black op shorts are sweat resistant and flexible for getting deep in your squats. Head on over to maximalbeing.com rogue for our referral link. Order three items and they ship for free. And as usual, it's Doc Mock and I'm here to maximize your pathway to wellness. And we're back. You know, Aaron Graham, I was just thinking over the break, you know, Homer had the, the the donuts wrong, but he had one thing right. I mean, pork rinds, those are a great snack. I mean, why didn't anybody listen to that, man? It's like basically almost a complete protein. It's natural. Like pork rinds are a pretty good snack. Just listen to uh, Homer, at least for that. I mean, give the guy some credit. He's been around a long time. Pork rind. <laughs> All right. Our first piece of listener mail is from Sammy. And Sammy asks, how much sugar is too much? Hmm. How much sugar is too much? Um, well, I'm I'm not a big sugar guy. Uh, I used to be. Oh, man, I used to love sugar. I'm talking about back in high school, I used to drink a two liter soda in one sitting. Oof. And that's a whole lot of sugar. Dang. Uh, I'm lucky not to have diabetes. By the way. <laughs> um, but according to the American Heart Association, um, six teaspoons of sugar, which is 25 grams, is all we should be taking in added sugar. Now, the fact of the matter is, here in America, the average person does 22 teaspoons a day of sugar, which is 88 grams, which is way too much sugar. And sugar hides that Starbucks Frappuccino. That is 50 grams of sugar. That is twice your recommended daily value in one drink. In one drink. Yeah. I think 25 is uh, 
the definitely like the recommended cutoff. If you want to go 25 to 50, mm-hmm. I think that's okay. You know, if you're training, of course, mm-hmm. yes, that's like basically two apples a day worth of mm-hmm. sugar. Um, not all sugars are created equally, right? Very true. Yeah. And I think that's actually our next piece of listener mail from Ariel. Are there sugar substitutes that are acceptable? Uh, so, so yes, there are. Um, I think that's, that's the quick and, and simple, easy answer. Mm-hmm. Sugar substitutes used to be things that we put in diet products. Um, and those were, are not good for you. Um, they lead to the same weight gain, same damage to your metabolic uh, system. And, you know, in mass quantities do have potential to at least cause damage to your DNA. Um, over the recent few years, uh, sugar alcohols have come into play and those are in a lot of protein bars and they state that it doesn't have the same metabolic consequences, which is partially true, but like all things that are scientifically modified, mm, the biochemistry is somewhat mishmashy. Um, they are going to still lead to some storage if you have too much of them. Um, adding an alcohol group to the end of the sugar. And now there are more natural forms like coconut sugar, apple butter is, is a great source of, of sugars. Um, and those, you know, your body can easily identify with, uh, if you want something sweet, my go-to, I, I do honey. I love honey. Um, honey's a prebiotic. It also has some anti-allergy properties with a, a enzyme that was discovered recently called defense in one. Um, and it's from nature, right? Bees make it. So, you know, that those are kind of my thoughts. Maple is is an also another okay alternative, but everything in moderation. Now, how do you feel about stevia, monk fruit, uh, those as alternatives as well? Because like you said, also, those are natural. Um, for those that don't know, stevia is from a, a shrub in South America. It's actually a very, very popular alternative form of sugar. Um, it's zero calorie. The one issue that I have with stevia is it's sweet. It is extremely sweet. Same thing with monk fruit. Um, These forms are super sweet. And one thing I've noticed is um, anybody that I know that uses them, they crave sugar even more because the fact that they're so sweet. So how do you feel about, you know, stevia, monk fruit? Yeah, I I think a lot of people definitely feel that like overt, sweetness, but then also some people will tell uh, me that there's like a little bitter taste afterwards. Mm-hmm. There are certain people that lack an enzyme to be able to break down the last part of it. Mm-hmm. So they will taste that bitterness. I think they're from nature. So they're, they're better than a lot of, uh, you know, like high fructose corn syrup, you well, know, anything dare, that. <laughs> yeah, dare, dare I say that word, but it's a sugar. It's still a sugar and anything mm-hmm. in excess, your body is going to put some into your muscles to refuel from your exercise going to put the rest in the glycogen in your liver. When those stores are eating up, it's going to fat period. Um, Doesn't matter where it's coming from. Sugar is a sugar. So, so basically what we're trying to say is sugar is okay in moderation. You know, as we discussed earlier, there is a recommended daily dose. If you stick within that, you're, you're going to be fine. Um, But you also have to be wary that a lot of these things, you know, and and I talked about it a little bit earlier, low fat yogurt, you know how much sugar low-fat yogurt has in it? 45 grams is the average amount of sugar in low-fat yogurt. Wow. You know? Um, so in moderation, honey, I, I love honey too. It, it's from nature, as you said. 
So honey's kind of my go-to as well. Um, I'm Jamaican. We believe honey has this mystical, magical power, but I love honey. I think I'm with you, buddy. Maybe I'm part Jamaican. I don't know. <laughs> Lord of mercy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you want to read more about sugar, we did write an article on it. Just head on over to maximalbeing.com and type in sugar in the search box and it will pop up. Um, and this is a science-based article. Um, at Maximal Being, you know, we're always happy to sit down with any of you with a free consult, do a fitness, nutrition, or gut health plan. Um, we can redesign and flip everything that you thought is true in any of those disciplines, 180, we can work without equipment. And I certainly can remodel your gut microbiome um, sitting there at home. And I, I will work with your doctors to get you a objective diagnosis. Um, as always, uh, it's a pleasure to talk with you, Aaron Graham. I thought this was a great discussion and I look forward to our next one. And as always, this is Doc Mock here with Aaron Graham. And we are here to maximize your pathway. Next week on the Maximal Being Podcast. There's generally no conventional pesticides, okay? So it's essentially organic, meaning what the earth actually provides, not manipulated. When it comes to GMO, that stands for genetically modified organisms. So that's interesting. And it's a it's another Pandora's box here. So there... Do us a favor, Maximal Beings, and leave us a comment or review. Hit the subscribe button. Let your friends and family know so that we can get the word out. And until next time, this is Doc Mock, and I'm here to maximize your pathway to wellness.